You waiting for belly rubs? Hello and welcome to the Cars Unfiltered podcast. We have a special edition today, direct from Mike's living room. It's, it's Daisy, so if you hear any oh, yeah. dog sounds, it's, it's Daisy. It's Daisy's living room, really. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. We have a full house today, no pun intended. We have uh, Sal is back from his uh, mysterious missions. How's it going? In the, around the world. And then we have Adam. Most of us in Mexico, not around the world. Northern Mexico. Northern Mexico. Yeah, it's isolated around that area. Well, it depends on how you, what track you took to get there, but it could have been around the world if you went north. It could. I don't know how you travel. <laughs> Most people go in a straight line or as straight as they You're going to find out on the Alcamp, buddy. <laughs> oh, boy. And we have Mike and myself. And Daisy. And Daisy. I don't mean to forget Daisy. She'll chime in here at some point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep. So, what are we going to talk about today? we got a couple things. Um, well, one thing, mostly. Mostly one thing that will probably take up the whole time. But, uh, yeah, about luxury vehicles, Cadillac, specifically, and okay. uh, then an outcast tour. Yeah, so if, uh, if anybody's been watching the news, Cadillac's top boss, Johan, how do you say his last name? He abruptly left the company. And uh, so we had all been kind of wondering why, right? Pondering uh, why that might be and whatnot. And uh, we think that a big part of that is because Cadillac hasn't uh, performed as well as far as sales go, uh, as GM's bosses were expecting. And so uh, we think anyways that he was, he was kind of pushed out. But that led us into a larger discussion because some of the coverage about Cadillac was talking about uh, Johan looked at Cadillac more as a brand that people wanted to buy versus um, a product. And I don't know, do, do any of you guys have that specific quote about uh, Cadillac as a brand versus oh. like, millennials buy brands, millennials don't buy products. I don't have the quote. Like we're, we're horrendously prepared, but basically <laughs> the gist was they wanted to um, work on Cadillac's brand instead of building the product. Well, not instead of, but they want to focus on building the brand and make it cool. Yeah. And they said that Apple was that's how Apple and some other brands did it too. But when in fact, Apple, Mercedes, like they focus product first. And make the product really great, and then the rest of it kind of comes. The, the quotes are from Melody Lee, who is now the global director of Cadillac's book vehicle subscription program, uh, and it's from a publication in Fortune. Um, so there's two parts of it. it. said, we want to be a global luxury brand that happens to sell cars. We don't want to be an automotive brand. There's nothing that exciting about an ad with a car in it by itself. We need to start injecting more humanity in our brand and into our advertising. Um, and then she wanted to attract 30-somethings on the cusp of success who have the income to drive a Cadillac. And she continued saying, I don't buy products, I buy brands. I don't use Apple computers because they're the best computers. I use them because Apple is cool. 
We need to start, we need to show drivers what the Cadillac lifestyle is all about. Wait, so they're still working at that? Because she's the director, or she's now the director. She's part of their book program, so it's basically, it's a ride share, where you would book a Cadillac for a weekend or whatever, similar to like what Porsche's doing. So I see that as a dangerous strategy, right? Like, most of the time, you wind up with a brand that people begin to identify with because they had good products to begin with, right? Or a good product to begin with. Um... Well, good experiences. Oh, yeah. Right. So, so, so think about, like, Porsche. Porsche has a design house that designs all sorts of shit. Yeah. Right? And so you could buy Porsche cufflinks for an astronomical amount of money, Shoes. right? And some people are going to do that because they identify with the Porsche brand. But they only identify with the Porsche brand because Porsche makes very good cars at what they're trying to do, right? Like, they which make is, a good product. Which is what? Like, what is Porsche known for? Mostly, like, handling. Well, luxury and handling. Handling. Like right. the early portions. It's a well performing um, track car. Yeah. And we are saying Porsche the correct pronunciation. Are we? Porsche. Yeah, Porsche. No, that's Porsche. <laughs> ah! Yeah. Yeah. No, seriously, we can go into that sometime, but that's but, Porsche. Right. So the interesting thing, though, when you're talking about that from my side, so I watched, it was a TED talk a long time ago by this guy that's like a brand expert or whatever, and he was talking about the important thing with. Um, with Daisy, no, the important thing with Apple was, so they structured their marketing around the, the why, right? So it wasn't yeah. even the products. Apple doesn't sell you a product. They sell you, oh, hey, you want to go backpacking and take a picture on something, and take a picture, but then at the same time, you need to go make reservations at a restaurant, and at the same time, oh, look, we have this product for you. So right. it's still, it's not even based on being cool. It's about why the product is important. Yep. And then they say, oh, we happen to have a product that can help you with that. Mm-hmm. So, like, Cadillac, the problem is that they were approaching it. They want to be this this generic cool, not why. They need to focus on why you want a Cadillac and why you want a Cadillac specifically. Right. Which I would argue is already set. Okay? So, like, Porsche is known for the handling. Okay? They did a, an amazing feat with doing a rear-engine car, making it handle amazingly and be fast. Right? You look at BMW, the driving machine, right? Honestly, like BMWs I've driven, that drove really yeah. well, right? I mean, no yeah, even their even their low tier vehicles, yeah, like a three series or whatever. Yep, they drive great. What are, what's Cadillac? If you think about not just right now, but in the past, like you think about what's Cadillac known for? Cadillac, and Mike and I have talked about this. Um, so we look at Cadillac as just old school American luxury, meaning you have a big car that's super comfortable, has enough power to go around everywhere. But that's it, right? So that's the focus of it. And I think, not to start switching brands, but personally, right, regardless of who we work for or whatever, we think Lincoln's starting to get that a little bit better, right? So They're the starting to get back to that. The right. Because right. they used to be yeah, that way, too. has enough power to get you around, but it's still meant to just be a luxurious ride, isolated from around. But we're seeing that Lincoln's succeeding in that. With at least the navigator. Yeah, and then the navigator. Because the, the numbers support that, right? Yeah. So Lincoln finally was like, "Look, let's tr- let's do everything that we're do that we're doing with the Continental, and let's apply it to our most expensive vehicle, right? Which is the navigator. Yeah. So now Lincoln's selling a hundred thousand dollar navigators, which the only other hundred thousand dollar vehicle Ford has ever sold has been a Ford GT, right? Yeah. Like even a, even the highest trim trucks, you're at like eighty five. Which we yeah. said back in 2013. Yeah, how long ago right? did we say they needed yeah. to do that? We have, and we can produce those documents. Oh, oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. And it's they're finally they finally embraced the fact that people view Lincoln as 
uh, that kind of... It's a, it's a reach vehicle. It's, yeah. a, it's a reach vehicle, but they also, um, aside from like the, let's say the late 70s to somewhere in the 90s, uh, like just poor quality vehicles that were, they weren't luxurious, they weren't like performance, they were just there, right? Which that's that's something that both Lincoln and Cadillac would start have to come out of, right? They have to buck that trend. But they both, or I guess Lincoln at least, has realized that look, before that we were seen as like this prestigious luxury vehicle. Let's finally fucking bring it back around and do it again. It'll be interesting to see how the Aviator sells, right? Because the Aviator's built on the same platform, not vehicle platform, but the, the marketing platform as the Aviator, or as the Navigator, just right. smaller, right? Just right. So, so that may sell very well also. Yeah, right? So the aviator's got some problems, though. And you know what the problem is? The previous aviator. That thing yeah, is true. such yeah. a piece of yeah. junk. The new yeah. one looks amazing. looks great. But I personally, like, and I never, like, I didn't have one, right? Our original aviator. But, like, I don't have any, like, previous old vehicle to compare it to that was cool. And so if I go buy an aviator and I go tell somebody, yeah, I got a Lincoln aviator. And if they don't know that Lincoln launched a new one, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, I don't like why would but, I? But but you're gonna have that, and I think that's part of like Cadillac's problem right now because they they tried for the sporty performance vehicle, right, with the CTS EVs and everything, right? Which those are good. They are good. They're, they're but, suck, they're, but, but it's they're, a niche market. Right? Well, right. they're they're not they're not built well, but they're good at what they're supposed to be, which yeah. is a fast luxury car, right. right? They break. There's problems with them, but like you don't care because it's a fast luxury. Right, but but they're trying at, at that point they're trying to compete with BMW. Well but that was yeah, yeah. so that was yeah no the yeah, Cadillac they are, yeah, the old the Cadillac I'll call mid two thousands up until probably about three, four years ago let's was just say the, trying like the, to the be V's. let's just call it the V. Yeah, the V era. The V was the flagship, right? Yeah. So the V they were trying to compete with the Germans and more specifically the BMWs of the world. Right. Like M right? three or whatever. And exactly. they couldn't pull it off. Because it's still we talked about it last week. Gosh, we're railing, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it just couldn't compete with them, right? So, and it could have been its own successful thing. It, it still could, is. It's yeah, still it is. It is a, it's still its own successful thing. But like, that is not. If you took, took a CTSV and dropped that back into like 1960 or yeah. 1950, and somebody like, really, that's that's what Cadillacs turned right, into, right? Exactly. You know Which I mean? brings me back around, right? So, if Cadillac looks among their own stuff, they would see that uh, the Escalade is probably one of their better selling models, yeah. right? And so, I mean, all, yeah, Escalade has been Cadillac for the right. But the is there a performance point. model of the Escalade? I think I heard about it. The, they're like going to not do a V, but like a V Sport, right? So, so like maybe. But the people that are buying an Escalade don't buy it to be sporty. Yeah, right. People that buy an Escalade buy it because they want that cushy ride. They want all the space. They want. Essentially, people want the old sedan feel, but they want it in uh, basically a truck platform anymore, right? Like the Cadillacs of yesteryear were the Cadillac Broms or Broms or however you say it, right? Or like the Eldorados, the big cars that had a lot of space, that gave you a lot of space to do whatever you wanted. And now the SUVs have taken that over. Yeah, yeah. But unfortunately for both Cadillac and Lincoln, uh, they've been focused on the sedans too much, right? Where we see it going away. And they haven't so much applied the sedan like comfort level to their SUVs. Well, they don't yet. have any, right? Like, that was like part of the article to. that they just never. Part of the problem wasn't necessarily even brand image; it was 
they don't have any SUVs on the market yet, right? right? They have the XT5, right? And then they have XT4 coming out, right? But they're severely behind. I mean, Lincoln has the Nautilus now, which was the okay. old MKX, right? Then you have the MKC, which is probably going to be like the land yacht or something, yeah, right. some other like yeah. some other like big vessel name, right? The, well, no, that should be like one of the porter boats or whatever the ones that go for the yacht. The Lincoln tugboat, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Cadillac never got into it, and that so back going back to that, the the idea was in the article presented, and we read it on an article that was an opinion piece, was that. Johan had the right idea, but he wasn't executing it on a, a short-term basis. Right? He wasn't. Right. He wasn't actually. So one of the things they talked about was that the ads were good, but the ads were never tied to a specific vehicle. They were in that you could have switched out whatever vehicle you wanted, and you'd never realize, oh, this is an Escalade ad or whatever the right. case was, right? Which, from a marketing perspective, that's good, but you have to come up with that, put it at the the top of the brand, and then walk away from it and start working on the other stuff real quick because you need to be able to sell individual vehicles, right? Yeah, it's good to have a brand slogan or whatever, a brand identity, but once you develop that, you got to move on and start developing the individual vehicle plans. Like, you're still focusing, like, you know, even us, like, we're just naturally, like, talking about the brand and stuff in general, right? But the problem to me is, like, it's It's a product, product, right? right? Because, like, you remember, like, when we, uh, man, how long ago? Like back in school, we went to go look at something and we walked by this old Cadillac, right? Oh, yeah, no, we went to go look at that Mustang that you were buying. Oh, yeah. You ended up buying it. Yep. And we drove by like a 1954 Cadillac or whatever. And we like walked up to it and stuff, and you're like, like, we're just like in awe, like how big it was. And like, there was And it was a smaller Cadillac, like it wasn't the full size Caddy. (laughs) Yeah. And there was like something weird about the pedals, like there was only like one pedal or something. Like that in know. there. I can't remember. There's like all these like weird mm-hmm. things about it. Like the gas cap. Mike's like, oh, I bet you can't find the gas cap. You know, yeah. it was in the taillight. You know, like just like all kinds of neat little things about it. I don't feel like that walking up to any Cadillac today. No, no you're not in all of a Cadillac. But, and no. that's part of the problem with being, and I know that there was, in the article, there was an example of Volvo, but being associated with the parent brand with GM, right? He just had very little, like they finally announced the specific powertrain. For Cadillac, which he had been wanting for a long time, but you're still stuck to bargain bin GM things, right? right? I mean, just little stuff, right? Like your touchscreen is going to be the same one that's in a high-level Acadia or whatever the case is, right? Whereas the BMWs of the world, right, even if they're high-level owned by someone else, still have basically free reign over their product alone. Their product stands by itself. That's true. Like that's because they've been doing it for so long, right? Yeah. Like, they've been, and, like, Cadillac's been there for forever, so, like, you can just, there's something broke inside the company, right? Well, but they did it as far as, the same reason that uh, Ford and Lincoln aren't separate entities anymore, that they both use similar platforms, right? Because the the American car companies, they used to be standalone stuff, right? If you look at, like, the 60s, uh, GM had Oldsmobile, and they had Pontiac, and they had Chevy, and they had Cadillac. And they had, I don't even know what all the other ones are. But each one of those had a specific powertrain division. And they had different engines for each one of their vehicles, right? They may have had the same transmission and the same rear ends or whatever. But each one of those uh, different brands, different vehicle lines, had its own design team and its own engine design team. So that each one had its own identity, right? And then in order to save costs, you bring them together. So now you're sharing things and now you have economies of scale and things like that. But it's at the cost, at the uh, 
at the expense of that brand identity. Right? Well, but Which is like BMW hasn't so much done that, even though they may have a pair. And even then, right? You now you and I have talked about it. I think the other thing that's hurt the big three specifically is that, for example, like when I had my Taurus, what would be the benefit? You could get a really, really nice Taurus, and at that point, what's the point in buying into Lincoln, right? It'd right. almost be like, in my mind, you'd have to limit how nice an Escape went, and if you wanted anything nicer, you have to go with a Lincoln. Right. But now, an Escape Platinum is just as nice as an entry-level MKC, so why would you get an MKC? Same with Cadillac, right? You can probably get an Impala that's crazy nice, although I think Cadillac does it better. I don't think it, a, an Impala, the highest trim level Impala, will be as nice as a CTS. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't think there's but much it's, cross But it's close, right? right? It's close. You're still, right. the top trim levels of your base brand are getting too close to your luxury vehicles. Right. Well, that's why Ford got rid of Mercury, because it was just sitting in the middle and not doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I, I think that the products are still inferior. Like, I, I, think to, they, I think you walk up to the Navigator, that's why Navigator is such a big splash right now, right? Is because you walk up to the Navigator and you're like, yeah, it does have right. presence, right? Yeah. And, and from what I understand, I haven't driven one, but from what I understand, as far as customer reviews and things go, like people freaking love it. Yeah. Right. They don't have. They're not picking it apart like other Lincoln vehicles have been in the past. So either we've improved our quality significantly, or people just freaking love it because it has that presence. You have to have character, though, right? Like the thing, like think of the Navigator. Like the seats in the Navigator are like character all their own, right? Like you yeah, right. technically they come out of the Continental, but. Right. But, but they're, 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 they're 30-way? Right? Yeah. 30-way You don't get... Where else do you get one of those right now? Um, Mercedes S-Class? I don't even know. I don't I, even I, think I, they I, have 30-way. I think, I think the S-550 is 30-way. That's but. too that's too inefficient for the Germans. You said three ways! You don't even have that many bones in that part of the body. Like, why do you need... Silly Americans, there's only four bones in your legs. No, I mean... You don't get that anywhere else, and that's the difference between the Navigator and Escalade. Is Escalade is just a really nice suburban. But like, why can't <laughs> why can't they do that? So like, the Continental failed, in my opinion. Yeah, like oh, the Continental for sure. For should sure. be like like you should walk it's up failed. to the Continental. I, there's a, there's a part of it, the latest generation that I like how in person like understated they are. Like I love, I love it. It's just they, but they got released in a bad time. Where yeah. stamps right now are just going away. And they I think, I think that's the problem. Like, it's like I love them. I think they're great, and they have the same luxury as the Navigator does. Yeah. But I think, yeah, like Sal said, I think it's mean, a long be, time. They're gonna be super cheap to pick up in about ten years. Yeah, so we sure. get a used, a good deal on a used one. But I, I think it's just a wrong time for a full for a, no, a full I, size today. But I don't think so though. Sales for like rolls and like the yeah, but that's a completely different. It doesn't have to be, well, but what's the volume on rolls? Because you're looking at profit, right? I mean, it's if you're looking at money wise, right? One rolls is going to be ten continental, right? Have so to if be. they just report earnings, it doesn't have to be. But if you look what, at what continental, continental was in 1960 whatever. Continentals were better than like the Rolls Royces. Well, or not maybe not the 60s, maybe like the 40s. I, I won't disagree with you, but I will say that Lincoln. It, with the Continental specifically, Lincoln's trying to bring a brand back to life. Right. And trying to do it with a, a dying architecture, it, no fault of their own, but trying to do it with a dying architecture, which is the full-size sedan, at least in the States. It's a bad time 
to to try and revive a brand with a dying architecture. You know what I'm saying? Well, no, like they, they're, they're they can, to do a, a, Lincoln can be revived with the Navigator because yeah. people love the freaking Navigator, and it's the perfect time. Sure. So, like that that's good, and it, it will trickle down to some of the other vehicles, right? But you can't try to revive the brand with something that's yeah. that people just I, don't want. Right I mean, now. it's similar to the Ford, right? So they just announced that new Focus in Europe, and it looks nice and whatever, and it's it's the largest selling vehicle for Ford. But they're not going to make it like, oh, this is a flagship right. Ford, right? The Focus. It's, it's a big car. Which that's, I think that would be so cool, right? Like, if you had a Continental, like it was back in the 40s, like rivaling the Rolls Royce, then I could say, like, okay, then you have, like, whatever the MKZ. Did they change it? Is it still the MKZ? MKZ is going to change so, so, like, you could have the MKZ, which would be, like, the lowly Lincoln for, like, the Until rest of the Until they change it right? back to the Zephyr. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. They should. They should, they should. yeah. It's like, coming, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. But, like, you could hit, like, that could be, like, the small, like, for the rest of us kind of Lincoln. But, like, if you had, like, this $200,000 Lincoln Continental that was, like, didn't look like the one today, but looked more like, you know, back then you walk up to it and you're like, whoa. Yeah, but even, but even, like, the Italian small brands and the British ones, are, I mean, like, Bentley, their Boyega or whatever is now, like, that's the one that they're pushing. And then uh, your favorite Lamborghini, right? I mean, even Lamborghini starting to push the Urus, right? So it's, like, everyone needs wants to get in the crossover game. You can't right. build a company off of cars anymore. And that and that's the problem with Lincoln. Right? For now. And that's gonna be the same problem with well it is the problem with Cadillac and I'm sure that's why Johan got ousted. Is because they're relying on all sedans at this point without the SUVs. Which is not to change that completely, but it, it is interesting to me that when they talk about like oh all these crossovers in the recession, yeah, but the crossovers these days are getting basically the gas mileage that their car is getting right. anyway. And, and like, realistically, all right, like I'm not a fan of SUVs, I'm not really a fan of crossovers or whatever. But realistically, if you look at them, most of them are built on a car platform. Most of them are only two to four inches taller than their respective sedan counterpart, um, and so it, it almost makes little to no difference which one you want to buy from a, a weight savings or fuel economy or whatever standpoint, even as much as like cargo room. Cargo room is probably fairly similar from a, a, a hatch, let's say, to the SUV. But you get some added headroom because you can raise the roof line a little bit. People feel better, right? They feel like you're in a bigger car. When realistically, in a crossover, it's not significantly bigger. Right. right? It's not like a full size SUV. It's not you're not going from a car to a freaking navigator, right? Yeah. I don't know. I think they could do some cool stuff with a car. So no, I, I agree, yeah. but it's gonna the brand needs to come back first, and Cadillac the same thing. Like they need to. You're, you're telling me though that if they release some kind of like ridiculous Continental, like a big car, like bigger than a Taurus, that looks like you know like the Navigator level of like appearance and presence. That that wouldn't be, and they charge like hundred and fifty grand for the set sedan. That wouldn't be like. I don't think we sell much. No, Maybe no. not, but for the brand. But again, going back to the point of the article, right? There's only so much brand you can push without having volume product right. in this day, right? You can't survive unless you're unless it's you know half a million dollars per car. You won't be able to survive on just that because everyone's just gonna want that. They're not gonna want to take the dumb numbers. I don't know, the high end like the high end cars do are seem to be doing well. So like and there's that niche, like there's more wealthy people like in that genre than there has been at any time in the past. I do agree that we it, it's definitely possible that both Cadillac and Lincoln 
are undercalling the possibility of selling significantly upmarket sedans. But at the same time, um, I don't think there's the bandwidth in the company to handle. Buzzword. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Bandwidth. Bandwidth. But, but realistically, gross margins. It describes <laughs> what I'm trying to say, right? Is that I, I don't think that. Throughput. I, I just don't think that there's like the capacity in the company to to spend enough time and energy focusing on that one thing to make it very. What are you talking about? They built a whole new carbon fiber tub platform GT. And yeah, but they didn't even know about it. Yeah, but that only took a dozen guys. Because it's not mass market. Interestingly, this wouldn't be mass market either, Mister Mister Car Historian. What's Chrysler going to do? Because I was reading an article about it. So Chrysler used to be. What do you mean? But Chrysler, the Chrysler arm used to be the luxury. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Until they just got dumbed down in the early yeah. thousands. But like, do you think Chrysler? Like, what would be a Chrysler? Like, what was back that, in the day? Why, I think the only thing that Chrysler makes now is a Pacific, isn't but, it? But but back in the day, like when Chrysler first started, what was their big luxury? Three hundred. The three hundred. I'm talking back, back in the day. Yeah, the 300. Oh, like the original 300? Yeah, yeah. yeah, but it was, a, it was an old school. Oh. Like, we've looked at some yeah. of those. Dude, oh, those God. things are freaking, like you're talking power adjustable seats. The rear has freaking captain's chairs with yeah. like fold down armrests with all the shit in it, right? Like, you're so talking I wonder, some, yeah. some serious luxury. I wonder if they'll ever bring back Chrysler in, any, in the luxury aspect of they're just going to ride Dodge out. I don't, yeah, I don't. I, don't I would see just it. keep pushing. Dodge is such a cool thing. You want to talk about brand? Dodge has such a cool thing going on. But the right product now. backs it up. They the started, product where does. They yeah, where did they start? They started with the product. Exactly. Right? Not the brand. Right. They've made something with 700 horsepower. Yeah. And then they, yeah, they, they started with like, hey, you want 700 horsepower? And everyone's eyes, ears just perked up. Like, yeah, yeah, I want 700 horsepower. Like who, wait. Who what? doesn't want 700 horsepower? Do you, want it, do you want to wear a racing helmet every time you take it out? I do. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, said, if I buy the car, do I get the helmet? Yes. Yes, we'll throw it in. All right, I'm in. Have you ever wanted to buy a car with only one seat? Sign me up. <laughs> Just take out three of the seats. It's useless. What other manufacturer is selling a car with a whole tool chest right now? Right. Actually, the GT comes with like a. Oh, does it? Yeah, I yeah. That. The GT comes with like a whole package. Probably a bunch of specialty tools. Yeah, for that's, that's, probably, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Well, actually, the GT though also it's only there's only a very certain select people. So like, if you take a GT to a Ford dealer. They yeah, have to yeah. call like a regional dude to fly him in. Like, if yeah, it's body yeah. work, they call the guy from the company and he comes. Yeah. And then there's only very few mechanics that are allowed to work on it. Well, like, there's like a $30,025 or $30,000 like upfit to the shop in order yeah. to like even accept one I work on it. So, like, even if they call a dude out, they have to have the upfitment in the shop. I guess. But yeah, I think it folding back into your point, Tom, it's you have to have the product to back it up. And if the product is good, the product speaks to the brand, and that's how you build. Your brand, right? I mean, like, to go back to Apple. Apple's got good products, and their brand aesthetic is driven by their product, yep. right? Like, they didn't, the store aesthetic, I feel like, was driven by what their product made in the image that they right. portrayed. And at this point, people have forgotten that, and so now they look at it like, oh, yeah, Apple's cool. I want to get Apple because I want to be one of the cool kids, yep. right? But that's not what it was built on. Now it's just been around long enough to where it is, like, that thing. Because think about it at the yeah. time. Remember when you had a Zoom? Right? And at the time, the iPod was, was a new first, race, yeah. right? And so it was a competition. No, the iPod was new. First, yeah. Right. I, I still have that, dude. So but, but the bill followed. But, but the point is, Apple, Apple did it better, though. Yeah. Right? Like, it was more well, intuitive. They're, always, they're later, yeah. So Apple right. was later, but they want to do it 
right? It was it was more intuitive. It was more useful. Whatever, right? Yeah, it's, it, it worked with the, the iPhone cord or whatever the fuck else they were using, right? And so it just made it a better experience, which is why the Zoom couldn't compete and eventually die off. And let's be honest, the MacBook got a lot of uh, upvotes from. I'm petting Daisy for you. Those you guys, I'm not just leaving like a Quasimodo here for no reason. Uh, <laughs> it was built on college kids that didn't want to get viruses. Let's be honest. Right. Yeah. Surf the web unrestricted. It's true. No viruses. It's true. I mean, obviously, just well, playing planes or whatever. But for me, we're going so far <laughs> off of cars. Like for, me, like for me, like Mac is like the one platform that I can like spin up super fast, work in every single environment that I yeah. need to, and it, like it's just the most efficient path to get the. Oh, well, they got me. There. They got me. They got me hook, line, and sinker with it because like everything syncs together. It's like, oh, yeah. If I go to now, Google, how would that be a Cadillac producer? Would that dude, that you could. Run around like that. If you had, think about this. This is well, how would that look? Well, it's they're looking at ride sharing, right? Like ride sharing platforms where you don't actually own a Cadillac. So they would have to think in a, in a similar vein. No, right? what, you, what, what you would end up having to do is like a Cadillac coffee maker. Like, oh, turn on my coffee maker, the car starts and gets yeah. warmed up. That'd be pretty sweet. Well, like you. So even actually, even with the ride sharing thing, right? Like if they integrated with Apple, let's say, right? Like I have an Apple Airport Extreme at home as my Wi-Fi router, right? They could go, Tesla should do this, Tesla kind of does some of this, but you drive the car in the parking lot, it connects to Wi-Fi, boom, it does any updates it needs, boom, it syncs all the stuff in my phone onto the car, you know what I mean? Like, and I get in the car, arguably, if you forgot your phone, it wouldn't be a huge deal. Cause well, they're talking like about like Tesla's not needing a key anymore, they yeah. just use your phone as your key, you just get in and your phone... Do they? I think Chevy does. And I think we're going to have, I think so, because of the OnStar system, they were starting to do that a couple Talk about something that needs to reinvent itself, OnStar. But in any case, yeah, right. But um, this actually, with ride sharing, if it becomes a thing, and as manufacturers become owners of fleets of vehicles for ride sharing, which that might be good or not. But anyways, um, as as if it becomes more of a thing, right? And not necessarily like ride sharing, but like ownership sharing. Then uh, you're going to need something that's not a, a real key to be able to use the car, right? So like you get a permission sent to your fucking phone. So you could go use this car, right? And then once you're done with it, that permission's locked out so the next guy can use it. So you can't just go back to the car and take it again. I, they, what if you they send it to Cardigo? does that. What's that? There's a company called Cardigo, and you could have pretty smart cars. Well, they may be yeah, to invest in them. Because but that's going to have to be a thing. But what happens if you send it to only your phone, not your effing phone? Will it work then? <laughs> <laughs> Send it any complaints or anything. Earning that explicit rating one <laughs> F-bomb at a time. Damn straight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so well, now that we've gone completely off track. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. What do you uh, think? It's time for an Alcan update, maybe? I think, I think it's a time for an Alcan update. Well, we're pretty much you. Yeah, yeah, that's not me. No. Right, how about an Alcan update? Let's hear it. What's going on? It's, uh, this stuff is good. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's looking good out there. There's a floor in it. That's a positive. There is a floor in it, so I fabbed up the uh, the floor pan. I still need to fabricate a hump to go over the transmission. A hint? A hump. Hint? A hump. A hint. Yep. <laughs> so, Why? <laughs> so I gotta, I gotta do that, but uh, I've converted the generator to 12 volts. Um, I'm gonna convert the I don't think people know. I thought people, I think people may be under the impression that you were going to stick with the 6 volt system. I was going to, but then I realized that the switch to actuate the overdrive to the rear end was 12 volts and it wouldn't work with 6 volts. 
So don't just hop into the future. Go 24. Sorry. Sorry, I had to convert it to 12 volts or run two batteries. Uh, and I didn't want to run two batteries. So I converted it to 12 volts. Still with the generator, though. Uh, I got to go change the coil to 12 volts, but I got one of those sitting around, so that shouldn't be too bad. And then, uh, yeah, I'm working on rebuilding the carb right now. So, like, right now, as you got here, I was rebuilding the carb. So I'm going to go finish that. We're going to put it on the engine, and then we're going to go see if we can drive the thing. Yeah. Oh, we need to bleed the brakes, so we'll do that, and then we'll see if we can drive the thing. Sweet. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of where we're at. It's like coming together. It looks good. I want to take some pictures today. It does look good. Um, and we're going to post some of that. Because the pictures that you post on Skip Tally are nasty. Yeah. <laughs> like, just overexposed pieces of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> blurry. I don't know what's Some going of them are blurry. Yeah. Some of them are blurry. Man. This is rough. But Mike can do better. He knows how to do better. I don't know why he just doesn't do it. Because I have to work. I can't focus on pictures and work He's at the same like, time. I'm focused on the truck. The picture is out of focus because all the focus in this room is used on the truck. Pretty much. That's pretty much. That's about how that goes. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll wrap stuff up and go do that then. All right. All right, cool. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, watching. We're doing this on uh, Instagram Live, Facebook today. Facebook Live, I hope. I hope it did both things like it's purportedly allegedly can do. And, uh, yeah, subscribe, share, all those things. Wait for a video update, because we're going to try for one person there. Yeah, yeah. we're going to try. Well, yeah. If you guys support it, maybe we could do a Q&A session if we get enough people on the live feed eventually. So tell your friends. Come up with crazy questions. I think we're going to do a lot more live stuff. We actually missed a uh, Cars and Coffee in Ann Arbor today, the opening one. I'm kind of sad. Yeah, yeah but there's more but, things to do. Well, running a driving truck. I think it was too cold. Also cold. Yeah, yeah so. Um, but yeah. And actually, you're going on a trip. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to Columbia think, next weekend. I think you should take my camera and get a bunch of pictures of Columbia. Columbia. All right. Yeah. I'll take the camera. All right. That'll make time. Well, I will make sure to use a, a special memory card so that you don't have to look at any of the pictures I take. Well, I mean, as long as, like... I'm going to make sure focus. that I bring a special memory card so you don't have to look at any of the pictures I take until I go through them. I feel like there's a, there's a secret code in here somewhere. But Adam knows what I'm talking about. I think everyone but, but Tom. Tom knows what I'm saying right now. Like, I'd like to see bird pictures too. <laughs> and on that bombshell slash disappointment slash takedown notice DCMA <laughs> cease and desist letter, we'll see you guys next time.